Have we yeah. started the podcast yet? Is this a cold open? Is that what this is? You want to do a cold open? I'm all, I'm all for it. We'll do a cold open. Hmm. What is I'm not actually about? 100% clear what that means. And, well, and in contrast, what's a hot open? A cold open is just when Alec Baldwin just starts doing something. That's how you know it's a uh, cold open, is when an Alec Baldwin yeah. is there. <laughs> yeah. I got this. Jim, read. Jim. That's a hard one to read. You got to read it a couple of times. Yeah. Then you realize, shit, that's a beautiful quote. Mm. I think that there is only one way to science or to philosophy for that matter, to meet a problem, to see its beauty and fall in love with it, to get married to it and to live with it happily till death do you part. Unless you, sh unless you should meet another and even more fascinating problem or unless indeed you should obtain a solution. But even if you do obtain a solution, you may then discover to your delight the existence of a whole family of enchanting, though perhaps difficult, problem children. That's Karl Popper. I love it. Realism and the It's a mouthful. Science. It is, yeah. It's a mouthful for sure. It's a mouthful for sure. So can we recap? Because it's a Let's quote please and I recap. love it. Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's only way to, uh, one way to science or to philosophy for that matter, or, or to mastery-oriented craft for that matter. Mm, more specifically Jim. to bagpipes, yeah. And then maybe even to bagpipes for that matter, mm. right? So we'll just start with that. Everything I read or watch on TV, it's always about bagpipes. Well, this oh, is I too, right? So, so to meet a problem, to see its beauty and fall in love with it. Guys, gals, this is about piping. And specifically, it's about bagpipe tuning because that's something I've been thinking a lot about as we do our tuning course, we get ready to launch it. And obviously, a perfectly tuned bagpipe is amazing. And it's like inspiring and hypnotic and just blows your mind. I still hear bagpipes every now and then where it's like, wow, man, that sounds so good. I've had several epiphany level moments. We can talk about those if uh, we feel like it later. So we meet this problem, which is bagpipes can sound that great. And then the problem is, well, mine don't sound that great, but they can sound that great. So that's a problem. And if you are, really excited about playing the bagpipes, that's a big problem. It's a big problem. And what are we going to do? We see its beauty. We fall in love with the problem. We get married to it and we live with it happily ever after, right? You're like, so here's the problem. I want to get my bagpipes sounding super incredible, as good as I know they can sound, but they never really do. Or if I do have a brief glimpse, I have further problems, but that's what the rest of this quote is also about. So maybe we do solve the problem of bagpipe tuning but at the moment you solve that problem, as we know, I mean, maybe we haven't all solved it yet, but here's something I can tell you is the, the moment that you solve that problem, it's cool. I have the skills I need. I have a game plan. I've done it successfully a thousand times, but then you meet all of the problem children, right? It's, I can tune my pipes. I can get them sounding amazing, but they don't stay in tune mm. for more than a couple of minutes. Problem, chil problem child, Carl Popper was really big on this. He was really big on the idea that like the reason to solve a problem is that you then get to more better problems as a result. So mm. like we're not solving the challenge of being able to tune our pipes so that we can get our pipes in tune. The reality, of course, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, the reality, of course, is that perfect tuning is not actually a thing. So we can tune ourselves pretty close to perfectly and get this incredible result, but that just reveals the next layer of problems. Yeah. And I have a funny feeling that once I solve this next layer of tuning problems, there'll be new ones. And it's a beautiful thing and it's wonderful. And actually, I think that's why we do it. 
Mm. is because I think we do it because humans are problem solvers. That's sort of like what we do and what we love doing and might even be in the meaning of life. I'm not quite sure, but like we're problem solvers and we love solving problems because we know that there's more exciting problems further down the rabbit hole. And that's why we keep doing it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard people say before something like true downtime is overrated or something like that, right? Actually having all your problems solved, that's a pretty pretty boring way to live. Which, you know, it sounds nice as long as you have problems, but I think I can understand the wisdom behind it. You know, it's like, it's what gets you jazzed, right? You're looking to figure out how to fix a thing. Well, I think downtime is super important. But not because you don't have anything to do, but because it gives you a chance to reflect mm. on recent problems solved, perhaps, and perhaps what the next problems you might be interested in tackling might be. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, um, that's sort of what it is, right? I appreciate, too, it's that like, Karl Popper kind of presents this. You have the, as it were, parent problem. And then with this presentation of problem children, it's very much like the DNA of that parent is then disseminated into these. these so it's like, if my parent problem is I can't get my bagpipes in tune. How exciting that now I get to delve into that and I, re- I realize, oh, it's, it's air pressure, it's moisture, it's, is the sun out or not? It's like all of these, how many problem children are there? <laughs> See, I think that's problem children in the wrong direction. Is it? I don't think that's what he means, right? So, so we're talking about solving the basic problem of bagpipe tuning. And then sure, maybe you'll discover that, okay, wait, there's components here that, and then those. So those would be like sub problems. Those would be parent problems, not child problems. Mm. So a parent problem of bagpipe tuning turns out to be blowing control, right? We have to be able to blow steadily, but that's a parent problem, not a child. A child problem is a problem that only reveals itself once a previous problem has been solved. Mm. I think that's the way I look at it anyway, Mm. right? So the tuning example is, cool, I've locked my bagpipes into tune. And then you're like, wait a minute, I'm not in tune anymore. What the? wait a minute. So then you tune yourself up again and you're like, cool. And then you're like, wait a minute. I'm still not in tune. What's happening here? And then you're realizing, oh, there's a new problem here, which is my bagpipes are regularly changing in pitch over time as I play. Mm. Cool. And then that's a new problem that you have to learn how to solve. We've got the nerdy name for it at the dojo, the pitch time continuum. But then right. what you realize as you, so now you're onto this new problem of bagpipe stability. It's now you realize, okay, cool. I don't just have to be able to tune my pipes, right? It's that's the, that's a parent problem. And then now there's these child problems, which is I have to be able to do that so well. And I have to be able to do that often. And I have to be able to do that efficiently because there's another problem underneath, which is the fact that over time my pitch goes up and I have to play fairly continuously in order for it to then level off. Yeah. Did you ever listen to, well, I guess it's probably not original to Wikifoot, but there's a quote that comes to mind that's oft, oft quoted. Just It's any variation of peace is not the destination, it's the road, right? Mm, it's something like maybe. T- tuning is not the destination, it's the road, something like that. Because like if we're thinking to ourselves, like I will not enjoy bagpiping until my bagpipes are perfectly in tune, well then... Mm. We're not going to get a whole lot of joy out of bagpiping, but if we can shift that a little bit to go, I'm going to really enjoy the process of figuring out how to get my bagpipes into tune, then we can be excited every single day to get the pipes out. Yeah. I mean, it's, it certainly feels like you have to be at peace with the fact that uh, it, the, prob- the problems are never ending. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, there's no point getting super stressed about any problem. And today we're talking about the problem of 
getting those bagpipes into tune, right? Mm-hmm. It's probably not worth getting super stressed about it because when you solve that problem, there's going to be plenty more problems. And, and I think the solving of the problems is actually quite fun and worth doing. Which, by the way, a clear solution to the problem is not trying to get the digital tuner to tune your pipes for you. That's one example we've talked about yeah. quite a bit recently. So that's one thing that's not a solution to the problem. If anything, it's like a, it's like an avoidance of the problem, mm-hmm. right? And I think probably in it, at its essence, right, we don't want people to get too attached to the digital tuner because that's not the way. Uh, that's not, capital yeah, that's T, not going w. to, it's probably not even going to get your bagpipes in tune for you. But even if it magically did, mm-hmm. let's pretend there was like a chat GPT level digital tuner that could actually do the job that wouldn't show you what the next steps are, what the new problems are, because you have to have that sort of prerequisite knowledge mm-hmm. in order to get there. Yeah. yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty exciting. I have a friend who, not, I don't think I've brought him up before with you, Andrew. He used to race diesel trucks. D- did you know that diesel As truck one racing does. is a thing? Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, and I it, mean, that actually makes a lot more sense to me than bagpipe competitions. Mm. Picked a good one. He picked yeah. a good one. Well, well, having done that for multiple decades, you can imagine, like any craft, he has an idea of what the tweak of every little nut or bolt under the hood of that truck is going to do to the truck's performance. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and he came to me not long ago and just said, I think I want to learn how to play bagpipes. And this was something that came to For mind sure. that knowing that he's a busy dad and stuff like that, I told him something like, think of bagpiping as another diesel truck racing thing for you, right? I know nothing about vehicles in general, motors, engines, stuff like that. But assuming that it's a similar thing where the deeper you get into it, the it's not like you have then solved the thing, right? It's not like getting deep into it makes it so you figure it out. Getting deep into it makes you realize how much there is there. It's just, it's infinite, it seems, right? Because the deeper you go, the more you see that there's more out there. For sure. I mean, is this really an Einstein quote or is it a fake Einstein quote, but Mm. just the basic, the more you learn, the less you know type thing? Mm. I think this is very closely related to that. Well, as long as we're pulling like great quotes out of the air, I think it was Aristotle who said something like, uh, all I Aristotle. Know, oh, now we're going way back. All I know is that I know nothing. Uh, maybe it wasn't yeah. Aristotle. Somebody, something like that. Well, I don't think you know nothing. I, that, that seems like a bit of a stretch to me. Well, there was also Alexander Pope said something about like drinking deeply or not at all from the well of knowledge. Like a little learning is a dangerous thing. And he uses this analogy where he talks about how like you think you're cresting the mountain of everything that you need to know. Mm. And you realize there's an even higher peak beyond that. And an even higher peak beyond that. And it just keeps going. (laughs) So then my question to you, right, is as you realize all these new peaks, does that upset you or excite you? That's the thing, right? Does that make us go discouraged or does that get us excited? That's a good good point. And by the way, like that seems to be also like when you talk about growth versus fixed mindset, Mm. Carol Dweck, it's like. how you react to that fact that you're just talking about or this this thing that Karl Popper's talking about. I think how you react to that is like the secret sauce, isn't it? Sometimes when I realize a new problem, I'm like, oh, and I grimace a little bit. But I think after I get over that initial shock, I think it's like, okay, cool. Let's F and do this thing. Yeah. But I think some people are like, oh, there's another problem in here. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
and this is like kind of their reaction. Yeah. And th- yeah, exactly. And then you, what you do at that point is you find a bunch of other buddies who have a similar reaction and you get together and form like a club or something. Yeah. Thoughts? I, I like it. It makes, it makes sense. So, so then I, what if I want to belong <laughs> to the other club? I want to belong to the club that gets excited when I want to be, I want to be getting excited about new problems to solve. I want to be psyched up to deep dive into things like what kind of bag do I have and everything. I want to get really into it. I've got a friend, Mike Swan, you know, Mike Swan. He's really good. Mike Swan. He's really good at getting really into like testing a ton of different reads and testing them against different kinds of drones and testing them in different bags with different cuts. I want to be excited about solving problems. So how do I go about getting excited about solving the problem of tuning? I don't how know. do I love this problem? I think we're, first of all, going back to this whole idea of clubs, I think that was bad. Okay. I'd like to retract all that. However, because I don't think you, I don't think we get to pick, mm. right? I think this is the reality that we live in, right? So anytime you solve a problem, that's going to bring about a whole new layer of problems. The cool thing about the next layer of problems, though, is, is sort of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? The cool thing about the next layer of problems is that they're even more fun than the previous layer. Mm. It's not that much fun to just figure out something to cover you to stay out of the rain at night so you don't die, mm. something to protect you from predators. That's not that fun of a problem. That's somewhere down towards the bottom of the hierarchy of needs. But like figuring out how to get social acceptance and then there's some other fun stuff at the top mm. of Maslow's hierarchy of needs as well. Those are fun problems. We like those. But something tells me once those are solved, then there's probably more. Mm. But anyway, what are we talking about? Ah, uh, yeah. So, so we want to be in the sort of mindset where we enjoy the new problems. So how do we do that? Yeah, because default, you can assume that I already have the problem of my bagpipes not being in tune. Of course, I have that problem. So yes. now how do I get to where I love that problem instead of just feeling constantly discouraged and, and mm-hmm. frustrated by that problem? Yeah, exactly. Well, I think you just have to lean into it and learn the skills. For example, if I want to play basketball, right, you got to learn to dribble. Mm-hmm. That's one of the problems. That's one of the parent problems of playing basketball. Well, how do you learn to dribble? You, you got to get in there. You got to dribble the ball and you've got to, that's got to be a little bit awkward in the beginning. Then you get a little bit more comfortable with it. Then you switch hands. Then you go around the leg. Then you go up and down the gym, just dribbling the ball. And you're working on these parent problems. And I think you can have fun with it. You can do races with your friends. You can have drills. But yeah, I think attacking the skill and just sort of like rolling up your sleeves and getting your hands dirty, that's the thing. You got to break the ice with each of these things. So tell me if this feels not applicable or if this feels like the idea. Because I'm trying to grasp it. I want this for myself. Say I love the game of basketball. Everything about it's awesome. I want to get in there and I want to play. I love watching it, everything, right? So I start playing basketball and whoever's teaching me to play basketball hands me a ball and says, you got to dribble a lot. You get to do like this many hours of dribbling drills every day for the next several weeks. So over the next several weeks, I'm dribbling so much, I don't really watch very many basketball games. It ceases to be basketball for me. It becomes instead dribbling. And maybe I start to not really like dribbling much right? Mm -hmm. Maybe what I need then is to zoom out and watch a basketball game and remind myself, I love this. This is why I'm doing this, right? Yeah. Something like, do you love it enough to be bad at it, right? For a while while you're learning how to do it. Yeah. And so do I end up doing the same thing with bagpipes where like the only bagpiping I ever really exposed myself to is my own frustration with not being able to tune my bagpipes. 
and now it's been years since I went to a competition and just stood there and listened to massed bands or, or watched the grade one competitions or something to remind myself, like, I love this. This is why I'm doing this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then where does that come from? I think someone who really loves basketball would probably figure out on their own, like, oh, dribbling. Cool. I don't think it would come to, as a surprise to anybody who loves basketball that you're going to want to figure this dribbling thing out. And that's a component of it. I think I can see where you're going. It, it is kind of a funny thing my wife has brought up before that um, she had no idea before spending more time with me that so much of bagpiping is tuning. <laughs> right. For sure. Well, it's yeah. approximately, it's approximately half. Yeah. It's not like that's what you see if you're just listening to or watching bagpipe performances. You see the other half. And that's why it's like dribbling, of, like you say, dribbling is maybe obvious for a person who wants to play basketball. Maybe tuning mm -hmm. isn't as obvious for someone who wants to play bagpipes because you hear people playing bagpipes after they've been tuned. So maybe you don't yes. realize how much of that is involved. Yeah. And I think it can be tricky as well. I think we talked about this in a recent episode of just how like, how accurate do you need to be at first with mm. your tuning? And I think at first, just basically getting it close, it's a very tough problem. But then once you solve that tough problem, now it's like, okay, cool, I'm close, but I don't sound like Jack Lee yet. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, maybe it's the fact that Jack Lee's blowing so steadily and I'm not. Cool. So then it's like, okay, there's like a component. That's something that's worth thinking about and working on and integrating. That's one of the yeah. one of the delightful problems we then figure out and we say, okay, that's a component. I'll, I'll tackle that. But then the idea, yeah. then over time, we'll, we'll find another component, right? Yes. Mm. You definitely will. And then the, the idea is to not go, dag nabbit, another component. It's to go, oh, cool. I go, go down this rabbit hole for a while. The problems seem to go in two directions, right? Mm. We discover new problems, but also in order to solve the current problem, we often have to look backward toward the components and figure out things that can be honed. That yeah. makes a lot of sense to me. So really often, and maybe feel free to psych i'm i'm using you as as uh my my uh you you might need to start charging me like therapist hours here in a minute andrew but uh in general and i talk about this with with my wife a lot that i find myself in this trap all the time in my life in general where i have things on the horizon like a gig coming up or or a project due at work or whatever it is and i'm in my head all day long every day it's if i can just get through that thing then I'll be happy, right? Then I'll relax. Mm -hmm. I'll be a I'll be an emotionally available partner. I'll be a good dad. Like all of these things, right? Right now Yikes. I've just got to get through that thing and then my life can start. And it's yes. like that those things come and go and the next one comes. And it's like at some point I've got to stop and in my head just go like, no, this is life right now, right? It's happening right now. I got to have that peace. I got to be that good partner. I got to be that dad, et cetera, right now. And so... It feels like this is a similar thing with my bagpiping and my tuning, right? It's like, well, someday I'll be able to play that tune I want to learn or work on my finger work or something like that once I can get my bagpipes perfectly in tune. You're talking about just balancing priorities, right? I th feel like you've met this problem, and now the trick is going to be to see its beauty and mm -hmm. to fall in love with it because I don't think this, I don't think this problem's ever going away. It's never going away. That's a great point, yeah. And yeah. Fall in love with it. No, I'm totally with you. I mean, man, I can't wait. We're about to, at the time of recording this, we're about to launch the 
new dojo tuning suite, mm. which has been like this huge project. And like, man, I can't wait till it's over because then my life's going to be real good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have lots of spare time. And I'm definitely not going to pick just a new thing to obsess over right. and spend tons of time on and struggle to balance into my regular life. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Yeah. So well, it doesn't really work, right? I think that we're all problem solvers. We, uh, that's what we like to do. Um, that's certainly what I, or maybe that's just one type of person. I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's fairly universal. The idea that we enjoy difficult problems to solve, mm-hmm. right? And all a pro- don't, and a problem's not negative. Maybe that's another problem. I think that, that's part of it. Yeah. Maybe that's another problem about problems, mm, Jim. Yeah. Is is that we hear problem and we think negative? No, like to me, a problem is just a discrepancy between what should be possible, let's say, and what's currently happening. Or it's like you have a good explanation about something or you have a good idea about something, but reality isn't lining up with it. That's all it is. So Jim, in your marriage, my marriage is perfect, Jim. So I don't have this problem, but no, I mean, no, I think all marriages do, right? It's like, how do you, and families, I mean, it it doesn't just have to be marriages, but it's like, okay, so we have to balance, we have to uh, balance different priorities in our life. One of which would be to be available with your family, but then another one might be, oh, you've got the gig coming up or you got a big yeah. deadline at work or just generally that you have to work. Yeah, yeah. Right? I hate uh, that the worst. Yeah, <laughs> I hate that too. It'd be way easier if we didn't have to make money, but see, that's not actually true, is it? Mm. Is this something to do with like the hedonic treadmill that whatever we do obtain, we can only stay satisfied with it for a little while and then we've got to go find something else, some other yes. goal to shoot for, some other thing to try for? Exactly, but I think that's the point, right? The point is this applies to bagpiping too. Bagpiping is not going to be an escape from that. Yeah. So the, it, you you point out that like maybe part of the problem with problems is that we hear that word and we immediately think negative. But part of what seems so significant about the way that Karl Popper is talking about problems here is is that Karl refers to them as, he says, an even more fascinating problem, right? And then he says that you might discover to your delight the existence of a whole family of enchanting, even though perhaps difficult, problem children, right? It's beautiful. It's so cool. It's a play on the concept of children generally, isn't it? Like, oh, we have these <laughs> yeah. children. We have these children. We love them. They're delightful. Yeah. They're enchanting. They could be difficult. Yeah. But we, but obviously you love your children, right? And what he's doing is he's saying, obviously you should love the, ch- you, you should love the children that solving problems produces. Mm. Yeah. So so then I guess maybe the thing I'm trying to obtain then with tuning is to reframe in my mind the nature of the problem of tuning. The problem of yes. tuning immediately to me sounds like such a negative thing that we all have to deal with, dang it. But if I yes. can reframe this as the problem of tuning is this delightful and enchanting journey that we're all on. Like I hear another piper tuning up, playing tuning up, and it's like, hey, we're on the same journey. Isn't this fun to dive deep? That kind of thing. Exactly. And I think once you, you make peace with that idea, and it's cool. This is like a thing mm. and it's never going to end. And by the way, you're just going to have to take my word for it that it never ends until you get a chance to experience that for yourself. We all have breakthroughs mm-hmm. and then you realize, oh, wait, the breakthrough is just now look at all this stuff that I can do. And that's cool, but it's a lot. 
that that's a good and point. it doesn't stop it's to say that it's a journey and not a destination isn't to say therefore no point in continuing to walk along that path right it's because then like you say there are breakthroughs and that's fun it gets deeper and more complex and more clear and it's a it does change over time you have those epiphany moments and those breakthroughs and stuff like that so it's not like it, it the problem of tuning stays the same forever that's part of what's interesting and exciting about it as you learn more about tuning try things out it does change it remains the problem of tuning but it does change for each individual yeah exactly one problem that people ha traditionally had with tuning is cane drone reeds got wet mm. Well, and they were just generally unpredictable, right? And this was a big problem that pipers had for literally centuries, mm. right? Like cane drone reeds. Man, these things are a pain in the butt and they're so hard to work with. But then somebody solved that problem and they came out with synthetic drone reeds. It started with the Ross reeds that were part cane, part plastic. Uh, and then a guy named Mark Wygent, to my knowledge, was the first person to come out with basically what now is like the easy drone, mm. right? And somebody came out of that problem and that just solves the problem of cane drone reads here now you have something that's perfectly predictable you just plug it in and it works totally reliable uh, and relative to cane drone reads basically problem solved and it does mm -hmm. solve the problem mm -hmm. of cane but then new problems are then introduced right. so now here comes the next layer of problems which is oh these things too when they get wet right they go out of tune so they solved that problem too, right? They came up with the canister system. Now we solved the problem of the drones getting wet. So now the drones are perfectly reliable and they never get wet. But look, there's, now there's a new problem, mm. which is all of these contraptions take away from the quality of the sound that you can get out of your instrument, right? It doesn't sound as rich and full as it did before. Each sort of layer of quote unquote solutions. And these things have made those problems go away, but each time there's a new layer. And so now the high-level player has got the synthetic re drone reads in, it's got the moisture control, and they're employing other experiments, other ideas to try to maximize the actual harmonic richness of the instrument in addition to all that. And then I think those high-level players, that's the problem they're currently in love with and searching for and trying to figure out. It's like how to get the most out of that. Mm. And by the way, and then, by the way, pipe bands, for other reasons, have gone basically the exact opposite direction, which is like sheep and cane. No, like the solution to the problem there is to just uh, drill in and get that stuff and master it and tame it and get it to be stable. And by the way, those two problems, if you're a soloist and you play in a band, you're up close and personal with both of those problems, which, by the way, benefits you in a huge way. Your knowledge of what the world of synthetics is about is going to help you on your journey to get your sheep and cane sounding great and vice versa. Mm. It's like, I know sheep and cane gives me the best possible tone. So how do I get as close as I can to that with my synthetic setup that I use for the solos? Cool. All awesome problems. And real players are enjoying these problems. They're getting in there. They're trying things. They're doing the best and the best they can. And I think that's like the vibe we're going for.